0: Today's guest demanded cameras be rolling yes. while they were here, and we like part to of the try contract, to, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right We like to try to oblige with whatever requests are.
1: I call the Paps yes. before I arrive places,
0: which is fine. We do ask the guest, "What would you like from us? What can we get you to make you comfortable?" Sometimes they say a glass of water. Sometimes they just say make the room warm. This one said, a "Camera rolling <laughs> on stills. me yeah. nonstop." <laughs> So, you've already probably heard her infectious laugh, which, yeah, everybody which, which we all know and we all love, actually. Yes, and we talked yes. about that today when we talked about getting you on the show, how much we love your laugh. Let's go through the two truths and a lie today's guest sent us, and then we'll introduce our guest. So, do you want to start that off, Derek? Yes. I starred in a series of TV commercials for a car dealership back in the day. I very briefly sang in a cover band when I lived in New York until they replaced me for someone that could actually sing.
2: Third is I had multiple pet turtles growing
0: up that lived in a turtle pen in my backyard. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and try to guess. But before we do that, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Hello. My name is Lori Myers.
0: Welcome, Lori. Lori. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Derek, do you have any guests? These are all in my head, absolute truths for
1: Lori. <laughs> I,
0: I, I can see every single one of these being a thing. This is fun. I know you can sing, Lori. And the reason I say that is because there was a um, holiday party a few <laughs> years back. Do you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference? We were at Wild Eagle Saloon downtown. Yeah. And you got up on stage and most people would go on and pe- they would just kind of be in the background. People would be doing other things, drinking, talking, and the singer would be singing. Lori took the stage Everybody stopped what they were doing and just focused on Lori because you had so much like stage (laughs) presence. You made like a whole show out of it and a great voice. Some liquid courage. And liquid courage is part of it too. (laughs) So I don't know if you would be replaced for someone who can quote unquote actually sing. I think if you were you were in a cover band, you probably were in a cover band for a while. I'm gonna say that's
2: a lie. I'm gonna go with the TV commercials because maybe that was like just a couple months ago, maybe it wasn't back in the day.
1: I am honored with your answers: a that you think I can sing, and b that you think I was recently in commercials. <laughs> um, the lie is the cover band.
0: Okay, it, it is a lie.
1: dream of mine. I wish there is a band out there that would let me sing with them, but alas, there is not. I am not a good singer i would say i'm maybe more theatrical <laughs> <laughs> so i distract you
0: stage presence yes yeah, so, so
1: you notice you <laughs> mentioned the stage presence
0: to be clear that's, this whole one was a lie you never sang in a cover band and you were never replaced for someone that could actually sing
1: entirely a lie okay
0: so you added you went a step further oh. not only was i not in a cover band i wasn't replaced <laughs> by someone who could actually you can't sing. be replaced if, if you were never, never, never in the there. band yeah <laughs> Well, very good, but I think we do think you could actually sing for a band if you wanted to.
1: Thank you. That's really nice. You should probably... I'll send you the video so you could hear how that really sounded.
0: Okay. That night. So you did have cameras.
1: Well, it's my cameras that I hire. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's right.
0: Okay. So the listeners know by now that you are not an actual singer. You're not not in a band, but you work here at Marcus Thomas Mm -hmm. with us. Do you want to tell everybody what you do at Marcus Thomas for those who don't know?
1: Yes, I am a designer for Marcus Thomas, but I I feel like I'm a little bit different than the majority of the designers here because a bulk of my work is focused on internal projects and new business. So I'm kind of like Marcus Thomas, I work on like 80% and then client work more like 20%. Just
0: a little. And is that yes, where you, do you prefer it that way?
1: I do. I I wish I was 100% on Marcus Thomas.
0: Yeah. And we appreciate some of the (laughs) initiatives you are doing, including some of our social stuff for this show. Yes. Which we just saw some of the designs for today.
1: Yeah. We'll be posting some social assets so then we can bring more awareness and you guys will blow up. You'll be signing on. We'll get eight listeners. Exactly. Yeah. Which, which.
0: (laughs) Which is the real reason Lori brought in cameras today uh-huh. to help promote this podcast. So we do really yes. appreciate that. Thank you very much. yeah. and Marcus Thomas does a whole bunch of different types of stuff on social. Is there something is there a platform you prefer working with the most or a certain type of promotion you like doing or
1: so beyond social, there's there's so many different Marcus Thomas projects. We have like we meet every couple of weeks on and have, like, a status check on all the different projects going on. One of the main goals of that was when I started, there were quite a few variations of the logo floating around. People even maybe just added their own touch to a logo and then would <laughs> add it to the server, like, I think this dog needs a highlight. Um, <laughs> so it was really the first year or so reeling all of that in. So we have a consistent look. And then now hopefully everybody is going through either me or Laura to kind of see what people are working on when they're working on Marcus Thomas projects because if you're all creating different things, they might not all look alike and we want them to all live together. So I'm kind of overseeing that as well. We want people to see Marcus Thomas and what we put out there and be like, they look good. Mm-hmm. I want them to work on my stuff, so
0: that is really cool, though, because I didn't even realize that that was most of your day to day was actually more so Marcus Thomas internal stuff. But you have worked a lot with client stuff in the past, and I could even think of I've been here about seven years now. You've been here five, five. Okay, I know we have worked on client stuff in the past together. So what kind of started to make you steer more towards doing more internal than than client related yeah. projects?
1: It was always the plan. When I was hired, we talked about a potential refresh for the Marcus Thomas logo and look and feel. And we kind of weirdly started with the PowerPoints instead of the logo, but we refreshed the PowerPoints. Weird place to start, but um, yeah, that was kind of my initial role was supposed to be like a Marcus Thomas designer. Okay. my job before that in New York—that's what I did. Like I managed um, a company's brand and like the look and feel and the brand personality. And then they went through a whole refresh, so I I led the refresh of all of their divisions. It was a fashion consulting firm, and they had a division out in LA. They had a merchandising division, a color and trend services division. So refreshing all of those logos because they all look totally different because they were like acquired and so Mm -hmm. trying to make it look like a family. So that's what I love. That's like my favorite aspect of design. So that was kind of what we thought we'd be doing. But then that pesky client work always tends to creep up and take priority.
2: Pesky client (laughs) work, It
1: pays the bills, doesn't it? (laughs) Those billable hours. (laughs) <laughs>
2: I'm glad you brought up life in New York before here because I was curious as to your loop, right? You you were yes, originally I'm from the Cleveland, Cleveland area, yes, right? Yes. And then you went to school down Southern Ohio, Ohio right? Ohio University. Yeah, Ohio bearcats. University, yeah. No, not Bearcats. Bob. Bobcats. Yeah, yeah. And then off to the big city from school or what was the what Yeah, was the
1: so right out of college I went out to New York and my first (laughs) job I was working at this very small design firm in Soho there were like three of us and I was designing DVD covers for like it seemed like a lot of horror movies like like, add more blood. Um, <laughs> make it scary.
2: Not make the logo bigger. Add more blood. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You don't hear that here ever? Add no, more blood? No, they don't. To- it's <laughs> very rare. Um, so, I mean, that's like a movie is made, and now they want to design, obviously, the I think they the were DVD straight itself. to DVD. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're not doing, like, no. Saw 7. This is...
1: <laughs> These are, like, what are those? Like, B-movie, like, yeah. uh, slasher.
0: Okay. So these are like really micro-budget movies. They were not in
1: the theaters.
0: Okay. <laughs> Did you watch any of them? No. Okay. <laughs> I
1: that don't like for the research glories. purposes. Yeah. yeah, right. So in order
0: to design a movie cover, you don't have to have any knowledge of the movie itself or even have to have seen it.
1: <laughs> no, <Interesting. laughs> just add more blood.
0: <laughs> wow, okay. So much for audience insight. You could do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. We all could do it. No,
1: yeah. but it, honestly, um, I feel like it was a really good crash course in Photoshop. There was a lot of Photoshopping, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm in Soho. This is so cool. Like, there was just this energy there. I didn't care what I was designing. I was like, this is amazing. I love this. So... That was just how I got my foot in the door. And then I kept, I looked for something better and it worked out really well.
0: And what finally brought you back to Cleveland?
1: Well, I ended up meeting my husband um, in New York. We met on Ludlow and Stanton Street and we named our daughter Ludlow after the street we met on. Once we you know, moved in together, and we got married in New York, you know, I started thinking about having a family of my own, and I'm looking at, like, women in the subway with strollers and no elevators, going up, like, multiple flights of stairs, and it's an amazing city. I loved it. It can be exhausting, and at the end of the day, I, like, I did, I wanted to be closer to family, and that was a big part. My brothers were having kids, and I just always thought I want my kids to grow up with their cousins the way I grew up with my cousins, and I didn't know how that we could do that living eight hours drive away. So.
2: So you've been at Marcus Thomas, and f- f- this year was five years, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. yeah, happy anniversary! Thank Anna. you.
1: Flew by. Um,
2: and how old is Ludlow?
1: She's turned two in June.
2: Okay, so she was very close to COVID, baby. Then. She
1: was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was pregnant during COVID, which also was awesome because. um who wants to go to karaoke bars when you're pregnant? You know, <laughs> nobody. Um, so you, I got to, like, hibernate a lot during that. And then when she was a newborn, still it was, like, better. Like, you know, but I think everyone was still kind of nervous.
2: I'm curious a little bit to know how <laughs> your work life changed since having the baby. But that's also COVID. Yeah. has So dramatically impacted the way we work. Has it been... You think better or worse now that you have ludlow what sort of challenges do you have as a as a mom working with a small child
1: Such great questions I'm thinking where to start with it all I so Marcus Thomas has a I want to say it was like 3 month maternity leave and when I would when people would ask me about it, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's so generous. That's that's amazing. That and I was like, Is it? Oh good, because I didn't know like what to expect. I was not ready to come back after three months, personally. I was like still not fully human. I was still (laughs) not really sleeping. I thought so much about the women who We're going back to the office after three months and pumping in you know we have a room which is a weird thing people like that's so great you have a nursing room like of course we should like that should be a given but you know so i thought about that like all the women pre-covid who were back in the office and i was like i could I, i couldn't imagine leaving her every day this is just me and if you do that and you're Good with it, then you. Sh- Everybody's journey is different. Everybody, there is no judgment whatsoever. But me personally, I was like so grateful to be working from home, and I still gave a hundred percent of myself to my work, even though I was at home. But I had more peace of mind. I was nursing, so that definitely helped oh, so much um, to be have my baby close by, and now. I still really feel so grateful to be working from home. I love being able to put her down for a nap if I have a chance, or, you know, whatever little visits here and there. Coming into the office, it is nice. It's a little bit more relaxed. I'm a little bit able to not like feel like I need to check in on her as much. Cause I just think not being in the same place as her, I'm able to separate myself a little but that took a while
2: yeah well you mentioned not being human at the end <laughs> of your and i totally get it i mean we had two kids and and the point at which you have to go back to the office is such a difficult transition and it's it's like you said difficult in different ways for everybody at what point do you feel like you started to become human i don't want to say the human is the point at which you feel you can separate from your child because that never happens right but right. you start to get more control feel like over yourself. like myself again. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I remember thinking in my brain, like, even six months felt like I could have gone back to an office or at least, like, I would have felt more myself. A lot of that has to do with sleep. Not sleeping makes you feel so wild um, <laughs> like you're and not like, in a good way yeah. no I mean I was twitching I was seeing things out of the corner of my eyes like it wasn't good I also stopped nursing right around six months so um, you don't have like a, a human that's attached to you for <laughs> physically <yeah>. Physically <laughs> attached to you for hours at a time um, so that was a huge role in me feeling a little more normal. But I mean, it's interesting because, yeah, she's two, and I'm saying, yeah, I I feel good about coming to the office sometimes. So did it take me two years? I don't know. But I feel just ultimately so fortunate that I got to work from home during that time in her life for both of us.
0: And now do you like being in the office as much as you can, or do you still prefer having the balance of being at home some of the time, in the office some of the I time? I like to mix it up. Yeah.
1: I really like the ability to change up where I'm working, whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's my office, whether it's coming into the office. To break up the monotony just makes sense to me.
2: I have days where I'm like, I just, nothing is coming out of my head. Mm-hmm. and I. You need to recognize when that happens, and you need to be able to react to that. And whether that's changing your location or just mm-hmm. saying, "Brain is not working today. I'm just going to have to wait until later," or yes. maybe I have it's seasons. Just not, seasons of seasons. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, know what to do. Yeah, but I, I, I completely see where you're coming from, and I think most of the people listening would agree.
1: Absolutely. There's times where, I'm, to your point about like where it's just your brain's not working, and you know, I'll I'll sit at my desk and try and push through it for another couple hours and not get anywhere. And the next morning, I crank it out in five minutes. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're just like, oh, I just needed to step away. (laughs) It's a creative process.
2: It's not predictable. Mm -hmm, When you get stuck like that and and do you like kick the idea in front of somebody else and say, take a look at this and what do you think? Because one thing about we are when we're working at home, we're at home by ourselves. I can't just go over and and show a layout to somebody or or fly by a desk and ask a question.
1: Yes, I would say I flash stuff um, in front of Laura a lot. She's really good at reacting, first of all, she gets back to you, which is awesome, like very quickly. And she'll say like one thing that you'll like adjust and it like makes all the difference. She's so good at that, I feel like. But yeah, I'll flash I, – I will. I'll reach out to other designers sometimes and be like, is this d- – does this make you want to throw up?
2: <laughs> so that's how you ask the
1: question. Okay. And if they I say no, the I'm like, from, yeah. it's a winner. <laughs> yeah, I set the bar really well. well. It
2: makes me queasy, but I don't need to vomit, no? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I do miss that. Like, I like being in the office. There were times where we all worked on – uh, logo and we all would tape them up you know and stand there and almost have a critique back like in the college days what we liked about them and why what we didn't like that's that's always beneficial to your work and learning and getting your peers feedback I I always I'm open to that that's
0: did it did it take any time to get used to that because I know some people, it can be tough to separate yourself from the work and to not take critiques personally or to feel like you personally are being critiqued. I mean, it was is that easy for you to do or did it take time to kind of make your skin thicker?
1: I think through college was where I got like tougher skin because those critiques were, and I think it was a little bit of a different time. I had professors and I would say they did this to students that, It was clear, say you had three weeks to work on something, and it was clear they started the night before. And they got called out. And it was, like, so shameful because everybody's work is hanging and yours is up there, and you're like, oh, my God, it's garbage. And they would get called out, and the professors – I remember Professor saying to our one, my one friend, like, what the fuck is this? And he just was like – Head hanging, like no response. And I think he took it down. Like the professor was like, when I'm not critiquing this. So you knew, like, that was probably the worst thing that could happen to you. So you put in the effort. You didn't want that to happen to you. But I remember one of my professors, I don't know, I must have been in a slump because she told me. What happened to you? You were a frog and now you're a tadpole. (laughs) And I was devastated. But really, I did. Like, I think I wallowed a little bit. But, like, it made me be like, I want to be that frog again. I got to push myself. Like, you know, so at least for me, I got my tough skin in college. And then out here, it's like, I can handle it. Yeah. That is
2: one of the most important skills to have as a designer, though, is how to participate in, give and receive Mm -hmm. a critique. Um, You need tough skin, but you also need to be tough enough to defend your concept, your idea. And you have to know why in Mm -hmm. order to sell things.
1: I think if you put some love into it, you should be able to, like if you feel good about it and you're proud of it, then you should be able to speak to
0: it. How big of what you do is being able to actually speak to it and defend it? And how big of it is just letting a piece of art or a logo, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, speak for itself?
1: When I'm presenting them, I try and talk about the decisions that I made, why I chose those colors, why I chose that mark or that font. What is it? If hopefully there is an idea behind it, there's a concept. It's not just a pretty mark. You know, there's a reason you made those decisions. It ties it back to the brand. It it reflects the brand's personality. And hopefully that they, they gave you some direction that you can tie it back to and be like, I made these choices because you said you wanted something friendly. You wanted something this or that. So I'll always, you know, give them my rationale when I'm presenting the concepts. Then I let them just – give their honest opinions, Um, no filters. (laughs) What's interesting i found is they'll give their knee-jerk reactions in the meeting. And even if it's like, I love this one, I hate this one. And then by, say it's on a Friday, by Monday, sometimes it's totally changed. Maybe they've shown other people maybe this or that, but... You can't leave that meeting like they've made a decision or even feeling that great about it because they might come back and be like, we want all new options. (laughs) I saw something. What was the Netflix special? They featured different artists. This one was Paula Sher. Abstract, I want to say. Yeah, I
2: think that's right.
1: I want to say she was the one who set, she made like a diagram and it was perfect when you present an idea or a design as you describe what you did and why you did it. And, like, everyone's getting excited. And, like, she draws this kind of, like, a mountain. Like, it's going up, up, up. And they're raving about it. And then somebody in the room is like, but I don't know if I like that color red. It's a little angry or something. And then everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think I like it either. And then you start going down, and then they're just trashing it. And her point was, get out of the meeting before,
2: <laughs> before it's you rock go yeah.
1: Like, It's like, okay, why don't you guys sit with it? So... Mm-hmm. There's a tip for everyone <laughs> like before they start talking themselves out of how much they used to like what you did. <laughs>
2: yeah. And logo design is something that I have participated in and it is such, such a difficult thing to do for my brain. My brain doesn't work that way. Once a design system is in place, I can have tons of fun with it, but yeah. coming up with the system is not something that enjoy no yeah so I, I have tons of respect for those of you that can create a brand
1: yeah that it's like a toolkit it's so mm-hmm. fun and then i like both parts of it even if it's somebody else came up with it but it's a really beautiful identity system i'm happy like you said to just have fun with it and create stuff with it
0: well Lori, we've kept you for too long but this was an amazing conversation you did not bore us at all that no. was all a lot of fun
1: well, if you have me back, I'll tell you about the turtle pen and the car commercials.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I do.
2: Let's see. <laughs>
0: How much I have? We could go another hour? Cliffhanger. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the audience is going to like, there's got to be more. There's be more. <laughs> <It's> a sequel. <laughs>
1: My turtles were named John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Oh, Really? Is that true? Yes.
0: Okay. Ringo and Paul are still alive? Or they're... No. Paul, Paul's still touring now? <laughs> Mostly solo stuff, but he throws in some of the groups. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We love talking to you and loved your laugh. Thanks so for
1: having it. me. We
2: have this yeah. laugh on tape now, so we can make it a ringtone. That's <laughs> a good point, yeah. Thanks so much, Lori. All right. Thank thanks you. for having me. Today's show was hosted by Jesse DeFranco and me, Derek Oyen. It was recorded and mixed by the man to my right, Mikey Nichols. Our theme was composed and recorded by David Beamer. Thanks, David. Ask a Better Question is produced in and by Marcus Thomas. The opinions on this show are not those of Marcus Thomas. You can take that up with Jesse and me.